Have you ever wondered how to show up as your best version of yourself no matter what life throws at you? You are not alone. I've spent the last 6 years on the comeback trail after getting fired as a burned out workaholic who missed her first candlelight wedding anniversary. When life gets tough, there's always a choice. Give up or show up. So how do you forge an inspiring leadership without the overwhelm completely from scratch? Join me in my quest to bring you the stories, strategies and tips you need to inspire you to succeed. I am Priyanka Khandalkar and this is Show Up with Priyanka. Hello everyone, this is Priyanka Khandalkar, your host of Show Up with Priyanka podcast and I'm so excited to welcome Jerry Feta. Jerry helps people un- confuse, unconfuse, I love that word, unconfuse their money so that they don't lose their money so that they can use their money to build wealth now. As the founder and CEO of Wealth Dynam X a wealth creation firm that helps clients across the US build wealth jerry has a passion for providing financial education for family that causes them to build wealth and navigate their economic futures with certainty jerry jerry is married to his wife and business partner lexi and together they have taken wealth dynam x from nothing to a multi million dollar company over the last 4 years Wow, welcome Jerry. So happy and honored to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much Priyanka. It's a, it's great to be on the show with you today. I love it. I love it Jerry. And uh we were just talking about like leaderships and systems and like uh, I love to go into that and you were saying like you have never been into a podcast to talk about that. So I think I will be going a little bit into that Jerry, but before we start Jerry, let's talk about who is Jerry at the core. Yeah, so uh I'm I'm one of those on people where I I I love working. So mm-hmm. um at the core, you know, my my thing is my business, my clients, um you know, I really enjoy what I do. So that really is like my my focus. Um I'm very big on on, you know, uh giving people options and freedom and helping them, you know, become more capable and able in their lives. So um you know before this business i was a personal trainer for the same reason as i loved being able to help people you know become more mm-hmm. able they were able to enjoy their lives time with kids play have fun and and be in better physical condition and so that's a big part of me um kind of a goofball so so that's another aspect outside of business i like having mm-hmm. fun joking around and that kind of thing um but yeah that's that's kind of me in a nutshell i love that and i i feel like there was some transition point in your life jerry right like you said you were in fitness right so what mm-hmm. made you to like really start your entrepreneurship journey yeah so i was doing fitness and at the time i was a bodybuilder so fit was fitness mm-hmm. was my thing i thought i was going to be a personal trainer and then a champion bodybuilder and then one day i would run the gym and um you know i got into that at 18 so as soon as i graduated high school i started being you know a personal trainer and and doing that and i accelerated up within the first 6 months to the head trainer at that gym so there's not another mm-hmm. position i could take over at that point mm-hmm. and um that was very awesome and very exciting but what i realized was that unless someone quit or died i couldn't go up any further in the company and um i started looking at that and around the time of of that i had a friend that got into the financial business and i didn't have any interest in it but he pulled me aside he's like hey just at least check this out cuz i think you'd be good at it So I took a look mm-hmm. at it and I I ended up transitioning into that because I saw the same the same type of need definitely in a different area 
but mm-hmm. I saw that people weren't doing well financially, just like people weren't mm-hmm. doing well with their physical health. And so that was right. really where I was like, okay, this mm-hmm. is something I can do. And I know I can help people. I love that. So when you said you were going to go in finance, what kind of finance was it like trading stocks, insurance, or like just looking at your own expenses and like how you manage your own money and then helping others with like financial advising, like what kind of business you moved into the first time when you like got into finance? Yeah, it was kind of entry level financial advising. So I was helping, you know, families and and individuals with, um, you know, paying off debt, retirement planning, Mm -hmm. um, really much of the same stuff I do today. Today, I do it Mm -hmm. very differently, but it's kind of the same areas. And uh, that was what I was learning and and kind of getting licensed and educated to begin. I love that. So Jerry, like, how has your childhood played in like, really, because I think there are so many financial advisors, right? Like I'm an operation expert. There's so many operation experts, but mm-hmm. what makes you unique? And I think our own experiences, our personality that brings so much into like who we are and what we teach or what we help with. So I want to know that unique, unique thing about you, like your own experience and life journey that really has helped you with your own finances that you normally help others with, with that experience of having it by yourself. Yeah. So for me as a kid, um, I didn't grow up in a family that had lots of money. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my parents, you know, we, we, uh, didn't have a lot. We were, you know, the food bank family, free lunch at school, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I didn't grow up with a good relationship with money. My, my parents actually got divorced from each other, um, over the topic of finances when I was eight or nine, I think we lost our house and I watched my mom get her car repoed. So I kind of saw all of this, like, negative money stuff, kind of the worst it can be. Um, and so I didn't have a good relationship with it as I became older and started working. Um, you know, I, I made the decision, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to care about money because I didn't see good things from it in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to focus on it as an adult. And mm-hmm. so for me, that's a big part of where my story began. I tell people now with finances, there's three routes you can take. You can take the route of wealth, you can take the route of denial, or you can take the route of poverty. Mm-hmm. And I chose poverty. I was like, hey, I'm not going to play the game. I'm not going to work for money. It doesn't matter to me. Um, fast forward, you know, maybe a year or two later, you know, I'm, I'm newly married, homeless. So me and my mm-hmm. wife spent uh, about a month, you know, squatting in an abandoned house the first year of our marriage um, because I quit on money. I decided I wasn't going to play the game and, and I was going to choose poverty. That's translated for me today as everyone has those three options. Because mm-hmm. it's very easy to look at money and get discouraged and overwhelmed and, and feel like, man, I just don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of families, they choose, you know, they don't usually choose poverty. They usually choose denial, right? I'm right. going to pretend like nothing is wrong and that I, you know, mm-hmm. I still can go out and spend and not worry about things when really I think more families should be choosing wealth. Um, wealth mm-hmm. means that I have abundance and prosperity in all areas of my life. And yes, it will take a lot of money to do that. But I think that's a very fun and noble pursuit. So that's what I teach people to do today, just because mm-hmm. I had to face that decision myself. And I did choose denial. I, I Sorry, I did choose poverty. I didn't want to choose denial because my family grew up that way. And I knew that was a bad option. So mm-hmm. when I realized the poverty thing wasn't working, wealth was really the only option that was left. I love that. I, I just love that the energy we put out there when we choose, right? And mm-hmm. when you said like, when you choose this, one of these three things, like if you're choosing poverty, your mind is that you don't like, you don't manifest those opportunities, right? The right people don't show up in your life because you are just choosing to be in poverty. And uh, 
I I totally do. You, are you spiritual with your money? Like how it like manifests then, Jerry? Yeah, I believe money money works and flows. You know, the word yeah. currency actually comes from current, so it's like a river. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's there's definitely things you can do to stop up the river if you're not mm-hmm. uh, of the right mindset. I love that. And since I was telling you, uh, beginning of this, Jerry, like I was the person who will not look at my finances. Like I was someone like, like yesterday was my last day in my corporate. So big thing for me to jump out of my nine to five senior engineering role. I have been engineer wow. for all my life near to six figure, biz, like six figure salary coming in. And I just left that yesterday. So it was like a big battle for me. Like it was like, it took me five years to even take that decision. But now I know that my, I am in that mode of like manifesting and like choosing the right thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, as you were saying, like when you are in that flow, things just starts flowing because yeah. you just have different opportunities come in. Like I'm talking to you, like I would have never dreamed of doing that five years back. Right. Like talking yeah. to someone, like just attracting, like, uh, there was this agent who like contacted me. Hey, Jerry wants to be on your podcast. Like you just attract things, right? And I, I feel like there's so much out there. Like when you put this energy out there that I'm here to give and I'm here to serve and I want to like really be top of my finances or anything, right? Your business, your life, your family. Like when you pri- prioritize that, things just manifest for you. So Jerry, I would love to know like, because when I work with business owners, there are certain things I look into finances, like uh, cash flow, right? How it is moving. And right now I'm doing that for myself because as I just left my corporate job, I already know like what is in my saving and what I have to look into making sure like how many clients I need to bring in that revenue every month to hit that goal of profit. So I look at cash flow, but what are the other key metrics you look into like for your business, like for yourself too? Yeah, that's a really good question. So cash flow is definitely important. Um, in my business, I have it divided up into seven different divisions. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's called an organizing board. So I have a, you know an actual board and it's got seven different divisions and I've got my departments and my staff. Each one of those divisions is going to have, you know, maybe one, two or three primary statistics that we measure. Right. Mm -hmm. And some of those are going to be statistics for the entire company. So there's, you know, Mm going to be plenty that's going on, but there's your three or four key ones that I look at. Mm -hmm. Um, For me personally, you know, cash flow as an owner is important because if I'm, if I'm a business owner, part of that is to be profitable and to fund my lifestyle and to invest. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the business itself, the big stat that I really look at is called value of service delivered. Mm-hmm. Right. So I take my deliverable and I, I look at what's the dollar value of that. And I track that statistic. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, for me, I used to focus on, you know, sales and revenue. And those are important. We do need yeah. those. Mm-hmm. But if I focus on sales and revenue, but not also delivery, mm-hmm. then I end up with a business that's not sustainable. Right. Because my delivery can go down the drain. I'm not tracking it. I'm not looking at you know, economics, we have this thing called inflation and deflation. Mm-hmm. Um, inflation is when there's more money than stuff. So mm-hmm. everything rises in price. Deflation is when there's more stuff than money, everything, you know. So it, right. it, it, the thing that can happen in my business where if I have more revenue, mm-hmm. but I'm not delivering very much, mm-hmm. that's not a good sign in my business, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to always have my delivery stat slightly over my revenue stat because it shows me that numerically I'm over delivering. I'm, I'm giving more to my clients than I'm receiving. Mm-hmm. And that does, that creates an environment. Like you said, it pulls more back in. I'm going to have more referrals that way happier mm-hmm. clients. I'm going to feel better about my business. We're going to close more sales because nobody's got any, 
consideration about, Hey, we sold this thing to this guy and it didn't pan out well for him because we're really mm-hmm. paying attention to that delivery statistic. I love that. I love that Jerry, when you say about the delivery statistics and so do you also look at the expenses, right? Because you want to keep your expenses low as much as you can, right? So do you, when you are delivering to the customer, want to make sure you have the best delivery, do you also mm-hmm. look into making sure your expenses is at the lowest when you're doing that? Yeah, so I do that. So I have a system that I use, and this is something I use in my business, but I also teach it to my clients to use with mm-hmm. their personal finances. Um, okay. It's called the one to five game. So mm-hmm. what I do is I'll have my, my accounting team will look at, you know, what did we spend and, and what does our outlay look like? Mm-hmm. And we'll rate all of our transactions on a one to five scale. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one means it was dumb, right? So if it's mm-hmm. a one, it was a dumb idea. We didn't need this thing at all. Mm-hmm. And so if it's ever a one and it, you know, something that we don't need, we actually return it immediately because right. most things are refundable within 30 days. So it gets returned mm-hmm. immediately. And mm-hmm. then we, we get the money back. Um, two is bad timing right? So it's not that it was dumb. I just don't need this thing right now. And so Mm -hmm. I can kind of look at again, bad timing, let's return it. Let's get the refund. A three is a maybe there's really not a whole lot of things that are maybe. So maybe Mm -hmm. kind of actually means that we're being indecisive because it's got to go somewhere. Um, A four is a survival necessity. So that's like, you know, zoom, for example, I can't run a business if I don't have a zoom account, Mm -hmm. my cell phone, maybe my rent. Um, And then five, five is something that's producing income. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm never going to return a four and I'm never going to return a five, but I'm looking to get rid of ones, twos and threes. And so that helps me. It helps me keep my expenses low, but it also helps me focus on what's important because you can get into a mode of shrink the expenses down. But if I don't also look at getting the income up, then Mm -hmm. it can actually crash my business. Yes. And that's not a sustainable model. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. (laughs) I love that. And because I talk about scaling, like scaling your business and how to scale with a really sustainable model. And I think you did touch upon that a little bit. So I would love to know, like right now, what are the systems in place to make sure that you have that sustainable business model? Yeah. So it really comes down to like with scaling. um, It means that we're taking a workable concept and we're duplicating Mm -hmm. it in another location. Mm -hmm. Right now, if you look at that, that's a two part statement the concept right. first has to be workable. So the business has to be clicking. Now, what I, what I ran into early in my business is I saw, you know, scale and to get distribution. And so I was like, okay, great, let's scale. But I was scaling a broken business. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I learned this phrase, you can't scale chaos, right? So if I take Ooh. something that's chaotic and I try and expand it, mm-hmm. it's just going to be worse. And so mm-hmm. for me, scaling means that I have um, systems in place for everything. We have operational procedures for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we basically want it to be like a franchise, even though it's not, we wanted to have all of the systems to where it could be. We could stick right. anyone in that role. Mm-hmm. They can read up on their post, learn about what they need to do and then go do it. And then they know exactly what metrics to look for. And, and, and they can start looking for those, those winning strategies right off the bat rather than, because if you don't have that, what happens is when you hire somebody, mm-hmm. they then have to kind of figure out what to do. True. And there's, there's a, a lag time there and it wastes mm-hmm. time for them. And if you're trying to scale and hire talented people, a talented person is not going to want to come in to fix your business or figure out how your business works. They're going to want to come True. in and, and win. So mm-hmm. you've got to really have them set up to do that. And that's really what, for me, scaling means is having the business ready for that point. I love that, Jerry. And I talk about this all the time. People try to hire 
because they want to fix something in their business. I'm like, no, that's no. not how it works. You need to have the system in place and then hire that person so that they are at their zone of genius so that you can step away from your business and be the mm-hmm. true CEO. So I think that's such a good point you hit upon. And I love that you did talk about that because I think as a CEO, we can be a big bottleneck in our own business. Yeah. When you are like trying to hire to fix something rather than already having that operation procedure, what you're talking about before hiring. So I want to talk about Jerry, like what is your leadership looks like right now in your business? Yeah. So for me, it really is about leading by example. And I know that sounds mm-hmm. cliche, but you know, a, a leader is, is, is for me a very practical thing, right? So a mm-hmm. leader is the person that's going to show up early. They're going to stay late. They're going to do mm-hmm. everything before they ask someone else to do it. And a leader has to be able to be an ideal scene for the follower. So as someone that's, that's an employee or a teammate or an executive, they have to look at that leader and say, yeah, that, that is what I want in my life too. Right. And, and that's where I think leadership can either, you know, make or break itself as a leader. You know, if, if I think of it as just this esoteric thing where I'm a leader and it's special, but I'm not actually like acting like a good leader, then mm-hmm. my staff might not respect me. They might not mm. follow in my steps. They mm. might not want to be like me. And ultimately that means they're not following me, which means that I'm not actually a leader mm-hmm. by title. I might be, but in real life, I'm not. So for me, like the biggest thing is if I'm, if I'm a leader in a financial company, for me, that means that I need to be really, really good with my own finances, right? Cause I have clients mm-hmm. that look up to me. I have employees that look up to me. So I need to really be walking the walk. And that's primarily what I focus on. Um, the other aspect of it as well for me is personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to attract people that are, are doing better than I am. I'm only ever going to attract people that are at my level or below my level to come work for me. And so if I'm only here and I could be here, then I'm only going to attract people that are here or lower. So the, mm-hmm. the bigger I can get myself as a being and the more able I can become, the more talented people I can attract and bring in. And it also motivates them to do the same. People see me studying um, taking courses, working on myself, and it encourages them to do the same things as well. I love that, Jerry. And when I look at my expenses for like 2020, 2019, I think like I have put so much in personal development. And I think, as you said, we need to become that person, right? Like you can't just stay in that same knowledge zone. You have to become. And I think as an entrepreneur, we are like that. Nonstop, yeah. we are just like absorbing things. We want to know the next thing, the next big thing. And sometimes we need to really know, right? What is the shiny object and when, where to stop? Right. <laughs> so I, think, uh, I think that's always there for us. But uh, I just love that, Jerry. You hit up on so many different points. So Jerry, I want to know, like, what is your mission right now? Like what, whom you're helping, what you're helping them with and how you're doing it? Yeah, so my my mission is is a statement of of helping families and individuals first become financially educated. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a system that we learn in school. We don't learn it in college. Um, if you look at most of the problems around the world, that stems from not understanding how money works. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Gandhi actually has a quote: "Poverty is the worst form of violence." Mm-hmm. That stems from not knowing how money works, and so we're big mm-hmm. on you know educating people financially. And then really the other thing is, is helping them build wealth, helping them get the right tools, systems, and strategies in place. Because really, um, a person is like a business. A mm-hmm. lot of families don't think about this, but a family, a household, and actually, mm-hmm. if you look at the word economy, if you go to its derivation, it actually means mm-hmm. to manage a household. Mm-hmm. So a household of a family really is like its own business and its own economy. And so we have to apply the same strategies. The revenue has to be up. They have mm-hmm. to be delivering something valuable. They have to have good people on their team. So that's kind of what we focus on there. 
And then the big goal is helping people navigate their economic futures with certainty. Mm-hmm. And when somebody's financially educated and they know they have the right tools and the right systems and the right team, they can make good decisions and they can feel good about the decisions they're making. And that really is what certainty is all about is having complete mm-hmm. confidence that they're on the right track with their finances. Um, so that's big. And then finally, like we, we want to teach all of that, but we also want our clients to like share that with their friends and family. Mm-hmm. Right? So if they're winning with money, we've all had that, that person or those people in our life where we just knew they were financially successful. Mm-hmm. And some of us were lucky enough that those people were also advice givers, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a guy early in my life that was willing to pull me aside and share some mm-hmm. of this financial advice with me. And I was like, wow, I, I had no idea about any of this. So we want to position our clients to be that person in their communities where they're able to actually help and give the right knowledge. I love that. So uh, Jerry, when you hit upon that one thing, which was like economy, right? Economy mm-hmm. at home. And in the bio, you mentioned that you your wife is your also business partner. And I love that you're doing this together. Like how being financially strong as a couple help you to like really develop this like actually help in your own relationship, like your own uh, relationship as husband and wife, your own family, household, like how it has helped both of you to live happily ever after they call it, right? (laughs) Yeah. So that's a good question. So um, so my wife and I, we've been dating since high school. We got married Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as she graduated. So we've been together about a decade now. And so we started the business together. And basically when we started, Um, I was terrible. So I didn't know how to do business or make money or close sales. So Mm -hmm. she worked a job and kept our bills paid while Mm -hmm. I kind of floundered and tried to get the business up and running. And once it got up and running well enough, I was able to then hire her in my business. So she quit her job. And so we started really focusing on building this together at that point. And for me, um, what that's done is it's really made it to where we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. And that's important. Like our goals are aligned. Our purposes are aligned. uh, What we're trying to build, that's aligned. And um, it really kind of is like, you know, if, 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 if I have a marriage and I have, you know, one person going left and another person going right, there's going to be tension the entire time. And mm-hmm. that's what happens with a lot of couples. They might not know that that's the case, but it really can be this thing that kind of grinds the gears and wears you down. Now, if on top of that, you know, goals not being aligned, we're also not doing well financially. Mm-hmm. That just amplifies things right? The number one cause of divorce is finances. So Mm -hmm. um, for us, it's definitely, it's not an easy thing, but business isn't supposed to be easy, but it's a very rewarding thing for us to have the same goals. And, and, um, you know, I was laughing, like my wife is not a spender. Like a lot of guys I know they're, they're always complaining about my wife buys this, my wife buys that. Mm -hmm. My wife doesn't like she, she buys, you know, a couple of knickknacks here and there, but I don't have to worry about her, like, you know, going out and swiping the credit card or, or, because we're on the same page and we both are financially educated. And so I, I think that's a, a, you know, a benefit is we're both on the same page with our spending and our income habits. Mm-hmm. And so things just move a lot faster and a lot smoother for us. I love that. I love that, Jerry, because uh, we have a daughter, she's three year old and my husband is still keeping the job. Like he's an engineer and uh, I just stepped out yesterday. So I am like the way you guys started, right? You stepping yeah. out and like doing by your own. And then you have someone having a job, making sure we have a health insurance and all the other fun stuff, right? And still have that security, which we look into, but I, I feel like job is not secure too. So <laughs> so it's very interesting, like uh, when you spoke about that and uh, we do that too, like we just like come together and we align on our mission and our vision, like create our vision board. And I think it's just so fantastic when the couples as a family come together 
And I was reading this book, uh, Mentor to Millions, that it is sitting out there. It's by Kevin Harrington, The Shark. Yeah. And uh, that book is all around uh, family, like how to like have the whole family, even the kids included. So I just love like when you can also include your kids in this financial education. That's so strong. So I want to ask you, Jerry, now about your new book. It's all around the blueprint to financial freedom. So if someone has to get that book from you, can you tell us exactly what is inside that book and how to get it? Yeah. So I wrote this book and it's actually my second book that I wrote, but what I was seeing, especially because I wrote this, I wrote this this year or actually last year, I guess, because it's now 2021. So I wrote this in 2020 (laughs) and uh, it took me about two weeks to get it written and published. And it's because I had 10 years of, of observing finances and seeing what I, and so I kind of already had the book inside me. I just had to get it on paper. Mm -hmm. But what I was noticing is that there's a general confusion on what to do with finances and when to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so people, you know, will, will, with good intentions, they'll sign up for the mortgage and the 401k and the health insurance and the, this and the, that. And then they just end up with this giant basket of financial stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bunch of random things and they don't understand how it works, why they have it, when mm-hmm. they should get rid of it, if they should get rid of it, when they should use it. And so it's kind of like, you know, the, the old phrase of putting the carriage before the horse. Yeah. <laughs> and so with finances, you definitely want to have the horse before the carriage. If you put the mm-hmm. carriage before the horse, it, you end up crashing yep. and you don't want that financially. So no. what I did in the book is I said, okay, from, from step zero, mm-hmm. all the way up to the very top of being financially free, what are all of the steps in order and mm-hmm. why? And that way someone can basically, the book is right here, but someone can take the book and read through it. And it really, it, we call it a blueprint because it's from just like building a house, the foundation up to the roof. Um, you mm-hmm. wouldn't build, you know, the walls before you have the foundation in. You'd make sure that everything is built in sequence. So that really is the focus of the book. And it, again, is a blueprint to financial freedom. So we took it all the way to the point of what would a person actually have to achieve to be truly financially free? And then mm-hmm. what are all the steps they would take in order to get there? So exactly. that's kind of the focus of it. Mm-hmm. Um and as far as getting it, so if you go to jerryfeta.com, B2F, so B, mm-hmm. the number two, the letter F, you can grab a copy of the book. Um, you can get paperback or e- e-copy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a tremendous book. I, I've, I've, it's my own book and I've read it myself just because I was like, man, you know, when you finish <laughs> something and you're like, man, that was really good. Like I did a good job on that. I love um, that. I love that, Jerry. Yeah. And I feel like it's so important to have a book like that. Like you, because Blueprint is like a roadmap. It's like a clarity. It's like a direction, right? Mm-hmm. Like from A to Z, like how to be to that at that stage or that outcome, which we always dream about, right? Financial freedom. So I think uh, so important that you put this, all your knowledge into this book and you have this like a legacy for yourself, for your family, for your clients, and I think uh, for their family. So I think uh, I, I love when someone writes a book with their own experience because it's just a legacy you're creating by writing a book. So I, I just love that. So Jerry, like um, I, I will put that in the show notes too. Yeah. See? Yep. I'm going to put it in the show notes so that everyone can go in and get the paper copy or get the PDF or you said digital copies also available, right, Jerry? Right. Yeah. Awesome. I love that, Jerry. So Jerry, I would love to know, because I think in that book, you also talk about how to achieve the passive income with yes. uh, like expenses, taxes, exceeding savings. And I, I was like, oh, that's so important because sometimes like as a business owner, you're always thinking about the taxes. Like you need to keep certain amount, like 20, 15, 30% aside for taxes yeah. and all that. 
So I would love to know, like, uh, there's something you talk about is how to not pay taxes and get away with it. Like, what does that mean mean by that? Like, how can we get away from paying taxes? Yeah, that's a very good question. So the key here is is to do that legally. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, important. The rules. <laughs> um, so what what basically what I teach about is there's the tax code, right? And a lot mm-hmm. of people are unfamiliar that there actually is a tax code. It's called the Internal Revenue Code. Um, so it's this. It's like six thousand pages long. It's this gigantic document. Now in the tax code, only about 005 percent of what's in that tax code addresses the paying of income tax, Mm. which means about 99.5% is not paying income tax. It's it's ways to not have to pay taxes. Mm. Now, when I first started learning about this, I didn't know a whole lot about taxes. And again, my family wasn't wealthy. So taxes weren't like a thing for us. We didn't have a lot of taxes that we paid anyways. But once I started growing my business, as you said, I started realizing, shoot, I just made money and I'm going to have to pay taxes on this money. And so I started learning about it. And the question I couldn't answer was, where did the tax code come from? So I started following that and asking and investigating. And I realized that the tax code gets passed in Congress, but it gets introduced and it gets introduced usually through lobbyists, just like any law. A lobbyist will come to a congressman and say, hey, I want to get this passed as law. And so I started following the money on that. And I realized that the lobbyists are paid by the business owners, the large corporations, Mm-hmm. So basically the tax code, you know, there's two ways it's written. One of those ways is it's written by people that didn't want to pay taxes. So you look at the top country companies in the country, they don't want to pay taxes. Um, you look at Amazon, they made like $11 billion in profit. They paid zero in taxes. So for them, wow. it's worthwhile for them to that. hire. That's interesting. Okay. Insane, right? <laughs> wow. So, that's crazy. So they're in a position where they can hire a lobbyist to go basically court, you know, a congressman or a senator and say, hey, we had our, our team write this bill for mm-hmm. the tax code. We want to propose it and we want to get it passed as law. And so they'll usually put things in the tax code that re- would reduce their own taxes. The benefit is all of us can use those things, right? So mm-hmm. that's the first part. The second part is that the federal government will put stuff in the tax code as an incentive for us to behave in a way that they would like. So for example, um, you know, if they, if they want more affordable housing, they're going to give tax benefits to people that own apartment buildings. Um, if they want more oil and gas production, they're going to give tax benefits to those that invest in oil and gas. Um, if they want to get more electric cars out there, they'll give a tax credit to those that drive an electric car. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of look at that, that means that there's this giant document full of ways not to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. And it's important to understand it and to have a team that understands it. And as a business owner, if I think with that mindset, then I can really reduce my taxes and I can do it in a way that's legal. And it's also also intended to be done that way. Um, and then I end up keeping a lot more money. I love that. So Jerry, if I, like, I'm not a person, like normally I have accountants and all that, right? They are the ones who are like, has the taxes expertise and they will tell us exactly how much we own. But then if I have to know, okay, all these codes, like where to find it? Is that in like in your book or do we work with you one-on-one? Like how does that work out? Yeah. So my, I own a tax firm as well. So my firm specializes in tax planning. So we know the tax code. And so when we work with a client, our goal is to help them reduce their taxes as much as possible. Um, a lot of accountants and CPAs, you know, God bless them. They do a good job, but they're so busy by the tax season. They're lined up 12 or 14 sessions a day of, of filing Mm -hmm. that they don't really do a lot of proactive planning. It's Mm kind of like, you know, if you, if you've ever been to like a Starbucks when it's busy, 
they're just cranking out orders. Oh, they're yeah. just getting, they're just getting it done. Right. Yeah. So they, that's they, what happens. They miss the creamer sometimes. <laughs> they, they miss the creamer. They spell our names wrong. Yeah. Uh, and they don't intend to do those things. It's just yeah. the byproduct of being that busy. So that can happen with tax people too. And so they can mm. overlook or just be so busy. Uh, my team really focuses on proactive tax planning. So before mm-hmm. tax season, we're looking at, all right, what do we think you're going to owe? And mm-hmm. based on what those projections are, how do we get rid of that before tax season even starts? And that way, when you go and file, it's easy. Everything's already done. It's already taken care of. You've already got the benefit of that plan in place. I love that. Wow. This was good knowledge. I did not knew that. Okay. Looks like I have to check out your tax form, Jerry. For sure. <laughs> we're happy to help out. Awesome. Awesome. So is there anything I might have missed that you want to cover, Jerry? I think we covered a lot, but still let me know. I mean, we covered quite a bit. Like, like I said, I I really am happy to address anything, but uh, I think we covered a lot of the keys, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I think, you know, it's good to tie in, especially if if we have a lot of business owners listening, tying business like operations and leadership in with finances. Um, Those are three areas that don't get talked about a lot. You know, there's a lot of sales and marketing and yeah, but those three yeah. don't get hit. Right, because, because those are boring stuff. <laughs> yeah, nobody Marketing wants the boring fun, stuff. Right? What, what people don't know is the boring stuff is what makes the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I tell them. And that's what we are passionate about, right? You and me. So I think uh, it's so important to put that. And we have this responsibility to put the limelight on those. Like those are important. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, I love this. I love our conversation, Jerry. Thank you so much. But I would like you to tell our listeners where they can connect with you. Yeah. So you can connect with me on uh, any social media platform. If you find me at Jerry Feta. Um, so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever um, you can also just Google me and I will pop up somewhere. So, you know, if, if you want to connect with me there um, again, you can go to my website and grab the book. I'm, I'm sure that'll be in the show notes as well. Um, and yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry, for being on the show today. I enjoyed our conversation. I learned so much. I actually have to go back and listen to our episode because you you gave so many golden nuggets that I have to like make notes of it. <laughs> so thank awesome. you so much, Jerry. Uh, today, we only had this much time with Jerry. If you want to learn more from Jerry, please do connect with him on all his social media or just Google, as he said, and check out his website and talk to you all soon and take care and show up to build lots of wealth and at the same time, make a difference in the world. I honor you for your energy and time to show up till the end and listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please do take a minute to rate and review my show and share it with others who needs it the most. This would mean world to me. Remember your positive intentions, your presence and your positive energy is contagious to attract the positive result. Talk to you soon. Stay tuned until the next episode.